Welcome to a very special edition of the Bulldog Podcast, Dead Air. This edition is very special indeed. Not only is it our very first podcast, but it is also the Christmas edition. Merry Christmas with extra tinsel and pigs in blankets. Merry Christmas! I am as pleased as Christmas pudding to be helping you on your English learning journey. Now, let's introduce my fine young stallions and fillies that I have in this table with me this evening. Uh, Before that, I am Merrick, the deep chocolatey voice of narration, and I am a seven foot tall Englishman and from Kent. I have my very own beard and I like to sing. Who's next? Hi, I'm Claire. I'm representing the minority here. The Scottish rolls between two English thorns. Ah, did you know I can do a very good Scottish accent? No, you can't. Please, no. Excuse me. No. Could you tell me where I can purchase some haggis? Moving on. Crashing on quickly. Yeah, I like dancing and making cakes. How about you, Ben, the other thorn? Um, well, I do very good Scottish accents, as um, you, you just heard. Uh, I'm very happy to be here celebrating Christmas with the two of you. A little bit about myself. Let's see. I am from London, or the Big Smoke, as no one has ever referred to it. Uh, I play guitar, and one of my favourite pastimes is eating the divine food Spain has to offer. But I do miss a good pie. Mmm. Pie. Yes, pie. 3.14. Yeah, that's right. Love those digits. Yes, uh, if you're wondering what on earth pie is, you can see the vocabulary sheet associated with this program, which provides you with some handy definitions of some of the expressions you'll hear us using this evening. Also, a transcript is available. Ben promised me it's available. It's his job to type it up. And you can follow our voices on this most festive of occasions. Yep, all typed up and ready to be read. Today's topic is surely a favourite. It's a festival that is celebrated very differently across the world and from home to home. Before we start, I have a very interesting question for you both. I am intrigued. Do go on, dear boy. Well, one of my favourite Christmas traditions is the Christmas cracker. Something that we don't really have here in Spain. Yeah, what a shame. Christmas just isn't Christmas without some crackers. Absolutely correct, Claire, and thank you for your opinion. In my home, we have a cracker next to our plate, and before we eat, we pull them with the person next to us. A cracker is a long cardboard tube decorated with tinsel and bright colours. Inside, there is a strip of card with a small explosive. When you pull it, it explodes. Not enough to blow your arm off just enough to go bang. Uh, When the tube opens inside, you have a paper crown. Uh, In my house, we usually wear these while we're eating. Uh, There's also a piece of paper with a terrible joke on it. And a surprise, which varies in quality depending on how much you pay for the crackers. Uh, Usually, it's one of the following things. A magnifying glass, a pencil a plastic tape measure, or something equally underwhelming. We have a drawer full of these useless items at home. You know, I read about a deluxe version of crackers that contained luxury items like mobile phones. Ring a bell? Very fancy. I wonder what the Kardashians have in their crackers. 
Uh, I should imagine they have some bling. Uh, anyway, in my home, we usually keep the jokes till after we've eaten. So we stuff ourselves with, let me see, stuffing, pigs in blankets, turkey, there's some gravy, lots of gravy, lashings of gravy, some mashed potatoes, Brussels sprouts. Shall I go on? I will go on. Please don't um, please don't forget the roast potatoes in goose fat. Roast potatoes yeah, you in can't goose fat. Those. Oh fantastic. Maybe some gammon, some glazed parsnips, um, possibly mashed swede, carrots, peas, cranberry sauce, bit of bread sauce. And I think I'm going to stop there because I'm getting incredibly hungry. Well, Christmas is all about overindulgence. Absolutely right. We eat everything until we have to loosen our belts. Then uh, we tell each other our terrible jokes. I'm going to give you an example of a terrible joke right now. And I do promise that you will laugh. Okay, are you ready? Prepare yourselves. Yep, ready. (laughs) What cheese do you use to get a bear out of his cave. I don't know. I don't know, Ben. What, what cheese, cheese do you use to get, get a bear, bear out, out of, of his, his cave? cave? Camembert. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> the worse the joke, the better the joke. Oh, grammar quantum. We have a very dry sense of humour in England. It's pretty dry up in Scotland too, despite the rain. Um, but Ben, didn't you have a question? Yes, sorry, I got distracted by the thought of delicious Christmas dinner. Okay, so Christmas crackers. That tradition that unites us all with paper hats and bad jokes. First, a little history for you, ladies and gentlemen. Christmas crackers were invented sometime between 1845 and 1850 by a London sweetmaker called Tom Smith, a fine English name. Upstanding English name. Tom had been inspired by the French bonbon sweets, which came in decorative, colourful paper and had a little piece of paper inside with a motto or a riddle. How quaintly Francais. Absolutely. Uh, Tom wanted to introduce these delightful French delicacies to the people of England, but stubborn as they were, they just weren't interested. Anyway, uh, unperturbed, One night, he was sat in front of his log fire, listening to its pops and cracks, and a thought came to him. What if he could combine the popping and cracking of his fire with his sweets? Cracking idea. Indeed. Crackers were originally called Cossackes. This name was thought to come from the Russian Cossack soldiers who had a reputation for riding their horses and firing their guns into the air. Very Russian. Uh, When Tom died, his three sons took over the family business and started to adapt the business to keep up with the times. They introduced hats and toys and started making themed crackers, including a very special cracker, a millionaire's cracker, which contained a silver box with a piece of silver or gold jewellery inside. So when you mentioned those luxury crackers before, Claire, you were absolutely right. I knew I'd heard about it somewhere. Well... I still have one question, Ben. Do go on. When are you going to ask your question? Ah, now. Patience, please. Okay. So, are you ready for my question? No. Uh, 
Yeah. Are you ready for my question? Sorry, sorry, we talked yes. to me. Yes, I ben. see that you've both slipped into uh, a, Christmas co- coma. a Christmas coma. <laughs> it's all that overindulgence. It's probably the Christmas dinner, the log fire, the jingles in the background. The carolers at the door. Okay, here is my question, as Wanna promised. How much do you think the world's most expensive crackers cost? Drum roll, please. Thank you. A, £150,000. B, £1,000,000. Or C, a shocking £4,000,000. Give me your answers now, please. And the lucky winner will take home this prize. Uh, Listeners, the prize is a photo of Ben. It is signed. Woo! <laughs> Answers, please. Claire, what do you think? A, B, or C? Mm, I don't know. Let me think. Four uh, million does seem like an awful, lot, an awful for, lot for for a cracker. How, well, you is say you say expensive crackers. I mean, is it just the one cracker, or are we talking like a family? This set? is a box of luxury crackers. Yeah, but how many luxury crackers are in a box of luxury crackers? There would be. There would be. Is an interesting question, and you can actually choose how many crackers you have in the box depending on how rich you are. But the price is, is the same. Is the price is the price? Uh, uh, is it per cracker? Is that what you're saying the price is per cracker or for the set? The, or is it like a hamper of crackers? The price is divided amongst your guests, so you have the value, and then you have the number of crackers as you have guests. <laughs> I, just, I, I forgot how to explain things there for a second. It's all that Christmas open, don't yeah. you? Have, you have. I, I do believe, I do believe that uh, four million is an absurd number to pay for a trinket gift for somebody at a party. But then I don't live in that kind of world. I'm one million. I don't know. Okay, you're yeah. going for B, one million pounds. 150,000 is also pretty absurd. But rich to rich people, it's it's nothing. So, yeah, I go with Merrick, say a million. Okay, well, I, I know whose houses I'm visiting at Christmas. So you're both saying B, one million you're pounds. You're not invited to my house. I will force my way in. <laughs> <laughs> like Santa Claus down the chimney. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> You can't keep me out. You know this already. Okay. Um, well, considering you know, we we are talking about Christmas, it is Christmas after all. Uh, does anybody here want to share with uh, the the listeners what uh, their typical family Christmas experience consists of? I have um, in the last few years. I've come to realise that my family are not normal. Um, I mean that generally speaking and specifically at Christmas. I thought that the things we did at Christmas were universal, but it turns out they're not because... So, so what do you do yeah. well, so, I, so unique? We well, do, do you have we Chinese do, or something? We do a couple of things that I, I went to a friend's house to celebrate Christmas and it got to the point that we would usually do these things and they didn't do it and I was... Like, well, why aren't we doing this thing that everybody does? It turns out it's not for everyone. <laughs> I will explain. Yes, uh, please do. We do two things. We have a, we have a um, a box full of masks, 
um, for. <laughs> What kind of we have a box full of masks of, of people. That one is a sailor, one's an old woman, one's like a. Do you even go out and rob a bank or something? No, we just we just sit there in our masks, and this isn't laughing, laughing at each other. Usually because we're full of Christmas dinner and and Christmas cheer and alcohol. Um, so we do the mask thing, and we also do spoon hanging. On your um, nose. So we we yeah under we take, the mask or on the mask. This is a separate. separate. This is a separate event. Um, Are we, there prizes for the best spoon yes, hanger? Signed photos of the, Ben. The prize. The prize is is number one, as Merrick said, a signed photo of me, and number two, just pride, pride in in your your own ability to hang a spoon from your nose. It's challenging for me because I have a very small round nose. So when when I do succeed in hanging my spoon, it's kind of against nature. If anything, are you so, suggesting that the, the genetic forbearance of your nose does not apply to the rest of your family? No, we, yeah, we've all got freakishly round, small noses, <laughs> so we all sit there trying to do something that is physically impossible. Basically, imagine, imagine Tiny Tim peering through the window at Ben's family Christmas. Well, it's funny. It's funny you should. <laughs> he you might you think he'd be a little confused. <laughs> he might have uh, considered his poor, uh, poor house Victorian Christmas quite delightful we had no idea we were strange uh, but then it, it there, there was a pattern emerging my sister's boyfriends started breaking up with her just after christmas every year <laughs> and uh, we managed oh, to, to connect connect the dots well you know when i was asking about uh, well let's, let's moving swiftly on um uh, claire tell me a little bit about what christmas day is like in your house i mean the first thing we should probably explain to the spanish is that when we say christmas day we mean the 25th of December. No three kings nonsense in England. Well, no, precisely. That's the day that the nor Christmas decorations nor, nor, come down. But we're, we're no. getting ahead of ourselves, Ben. <laughs> I was going to say that um, our big meal, when we talk about Christmas dinner, it is it is lunch come dinner on the 25th, whereas the Spanish, it's all about the evening of the 24th. And then, in my experience with my uh, Spanish wife's family, presents are done almost precisely on midnight on, on Christmas Eve. And um, then Christmas Day's a bit of a, a bit of a disappointment for me. Quite I, frankly, I have a very important question related to what you were talking about there, uh, in terms of Christmas presents. Okay, yep. so this this is something that divides families much much like Nesquik and Colacao in Spain is very which chi- which side do you choose? Do you open your presents first thing in the morning? Yeah. Do you leap out of bed and unwrap them? Uh, together as a family under the tree, as the as the the light of the sun is creeping over the horizon, or do you wait all day so you've got something to look forward to? Now you see, I, I I'm intrigued that you've asked me this, Ben, and I will hold on to that for a moment. I want to hear Claire's um, summary of Christmas Day in her house first, and I will come back to that. Well, I feel that Christmas Day has changed a lot as we got older. When we were kids, it was a very traditional Christmas. A very traditional Christmas. What does that mean, a traditional Christmas? So the kids would hang their stocking at the foot of the bed mm-hmm. and then go to bed way earlier than you would ever do for the rest of the year. Yeah, I remember that yeah, when I was a kid. I remember being forced to go to sleep. <laughs> I remember trying to stay awake to see if yeah. I could see Santa. Yeah, I remember one year hiding a torch and then, under my and pillow. Then and then, obviously, uh, you know, nicking a little bit of the sherry. Yep. 
I yeah. I think the early bed the early bedtime is actually a tactic. Mm. It's it's a technique by adults. They put you to bed early so they so can finish doing the 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 Santa subsidiary duties that they they don't tell the kids about. There is that. That's <laughs> so where your brothers and sisters come from. As I, I, as I was saying, <laughs> the kids would go to bed insanely early, but before doing so, they'd hang their stocking at the end of the bed, mm-hmm. and we would um, leave our milk. Milk in my Yeah, in my house, milk. milk. Good, good Who's Presbyter- the milk for? Good Presbyterian upbringing. It's pr- probably because my dad didn't like whiskey, so we never had any in the house. Um, milk and cookies. Rain- and a, and Reindeers ca- don't mil- like milk. milk. And carrots. Milk and cookies. Wait a moment. Finished. Wait a moment. Milk and cookies. That's very American. No, it was, it was cookies. When I say cookies, I mean the chocolate chip ones, not, not like biscuits, like Scottish biscuits. Okay. Sometimes we left shortbread. Okay. There we go. And carrots and water for the reindeer. Absolutely. And then yeah. all the my sister and I would go to bed and we'd get up insanely early in that the morning. That's very true. Five or six o'clock in the morning yeah. and my parents would go crazy and send us back to bed. But we'd find little pieces of carrots all over the car- the carpet. So uh, you get up insanely early, you discover that Santa and his reindeer had, had, left. had trooped through your bedrooms. Yeah. Um, like some unwanted late night visitor, yeah, and invited them, and we'd <laughs> open all the presents in the morning. So no, but would you open the presents in your bedroom? No, we'd only have the stocking in our bedroom. All oh, the presents would okay. be in the in the living room. Okay, so so this dear listener is is basically so far in Claire's house. We have reached Christmas morning, the morning of the twenty fifth. In my house, it would be quite a similar setup. Um, we would go to bed relatively early. As I got older, we would stay up later. I discovered that my parents had a tradition of watching a ridiculously scary horror film before they went to bed on Christmas Eve after they put the kids to bed. Um, to help them relax after <laughs> <laughs> after a day dealing with the children. Uh, this, this was part of my mum's my tradition. She used to watch you know, something true. It used to be like the Hammer House stuff on BBC Two at like midnight. Uh, but before we went to bed, a tradition in our house was my dad would read uh, the, uh, the sort of start of the Christmas tale from one of the Gospels. I can't remember which one it was, but it was the one that always started at that time. Quinius, the Roman governor, decided to uh, do a census of the people. And uh, it was a running gag in my house that we would never let him finish the first sentence. So he had to keep repeating at that time. Um, we then did. He would always do twas the night before Christmas, and all through the and house. All through the house, not a creature was stirring. Not, not even, even the a mouse. mouse. <laughs> this, dear listener, is something that all British people obviously know very well. It's a poem about uh, Father Christmas visiting a family, and we would have uh, mince pies. Obviously, mince pies, sherry, and carrots for the reindeer. And uh, obviously, we wake up in the morning uh, insanely early as well, and. We, in my family, because we are a large brood, uh, we would assemble uh, in a line and we would go into my parents' bedroom singing uh, a Christmas carol. And if it was too early, my father would just rumble saying, go back to bed. And we'd wait for another two hours or so, rattling these boxes going, what is it, what is it? And we would then open the Christmas presents from Father Christmas in the morning all together as a family in my mum and dad's bedroom but not the presents under the tree that comes later and was a source of much consternation for my Spanish wife when she came to spend Christmas with us Ben so is that similar to your routine or do you guys just go down put masks on your face and drink champagne um, 
all of that, but we don't have champagne. We just go straight for the whiskey. Um, we uh, when I was younger, it was it was more similar to to Claire's experience. We'd have a stocking at the end of my at the end of my bed, uh-huh. uh, which at some point I would I would st- I would try so hard to stay up all night and catch Saint Nick at it, creeping in, filling my stocking with his wares. Uh, but I never, I never managed it. I never managed it. And uh, I'd always wake up at some point in the morning, usually around five or six, insanely early, insanely you might say. Early. Yeah. And uh, there would just be uh, a big bulging stocking at the end of my bed. And I wasn't allowed to touch it because, uh, well, it was five o'clock in the morning yeah, exactly. and my parents were sleeping. So I'd creep into my sister's room and say, and she'd say, yes. <laughs> and I'd say, he's been. And she'd say, I know. <laughs> and we'd continue in that fashion until we were allowed to uh, communicate with our parents. So, About two hours later. Yeah, I mean, so did you, you went, you two would go downstairs into the front room arena or? or yeah, what? we bothered a dog, yeah. put some rate, some <laughs> antlers on him, yeah. chase him around. <laughs> But then, did you do the, the, the Christmas presents under the tree in the morning? Then we would tear our presents apart, and my dad would sit stoically <laughs> next to his stack of presents and wait until everyone had opened all their presents, and then he would really, really slowly peel the wrapping off of his present, and we were forced to, to watch. watch. <laughs> I get that. So yeah. Claire, Christmas you, torture. We, your morning event was just Christmas presents from Santa Claus or Father Christmas, yeah? Well, both, from Santa Claus and from my parents. Because oh, okay. we had a big present from Santa Claus, the main event, and then we'd have some smaller ones, normally pyjamas or socks, socks or something from yeah. our parents. And if you were naughty, what happened if you were if you were naughty that year? Did you get any kind of forfeit prize? I was always a very good girl, That's Ben, so no, I never had that yeah, problem. Yeah, I'm no, not the so we had we there, there was always the threat of a of a piece of coal, which obviously they do in Spain as well, or an orange. Sometimes I got an orange. They give me the stocking with the orange in first and say, "There, there you go." I always got an orange in my stocking. When I was it older, was it turned present. into a chocolate orange, but that works. Yeah. Uh, I miss I miss chocolate orange. I still get them. Um, what what we would then do in our family was we would have a very a very specific uh, a specific tradition of uh, a very particular type of breakfast. It would be involving uh, soft crusty rolls from the local baker that my dad had picked up fresh the day before, and we'd all have basically um, a variety of condiments, you know, uh, uh, lemon curd, uh, lime jelly. Uh, all these different kind of marmalades and jams and it was obviously looking back now as an as an adult it was obviously a cleaning nightmare for my mum can i ask you a question yeah go on um reading from the bible walking in a line into your parents room singing carols having uh bread and lemon curd did you grow up in a dickensian novel (laughs) 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 it does it did go through my mind as well it's well, ev- all of your memories to me they sound like they're in black and white <laughs> um and uh, and then christmas day in my house involved lots of 
waiting. Uh, and we'd play with the minor presents, that uh, the small little presents, the little trinkets, if you will, that uh, Father Christmas had bought, while Mum and or Dad slaved away preparing the enormous Christmas feast, which would get served around about four o'clock in my house yes routine let's talk yeah. about routines okay and in between that time it was just waiting begging to start opening the presents under the tree all there smiling and winking at us I mean oh, bear in mind my family was massive it was a massive pile of presents and it was always very disappointing you know as an individual in that set, set up because you think wow look at all that and really when you worked it out about one fourteenth of it was for you <laughs> you know, so <laughs> these are the mental scars that you carry with you into adulthood. Not scars. I, I love Christmas. Me, uh, I absolutely adore it. Um, and yet, so this is what happened for me. Obviously, my my Spanish wife had a bit of an uh, uh, an issue with Christmas dinner. Uh, no, I rephrase that: Christmas Eve dinner, because that's what she was expecting the big moment to be. And she was a bit disappointed because the Spanish are very, uh, how should we put this delicately? The Spanish are very uh, self-important about their food and their cuisine. I and, see. And she, she was a little bit disappointed. And watching her over Christmas Day, because in her family they have the presents at midnight on Christmas Eve to Christmas Day, watching her wriggle and gradually get more and more impatient and more and more cross like a small girl being denied her Christmas presents, <laughs> she had to wait because in my family you have the you have the lunch, and then we have a running gag, a bit like your dad Ben, you know, sitting there waiting for everybody else to finish and then opening his presents really slowly. Uh -huh. We used to have this running gag in my family where my dad would talk about after you finish Christmas dinner, you have to let your food go down, and we sit around the table and converse, and my dad would make coffee. And we couldn't leave the table till the coffee was drunk. And then he'd always make this joke about, in my family, the joke, saying, we have to clean up now. We all have to clean up and tidy up before we sit down and do the presents. And Christmas Day was one of those occasions, special occasions in my family, where we got up from the table and we didn't tidy up. We just left everything in situ and went through to the next room to finally open the <laughs> presents. <laughs> wow, the wait is over. And that was around about half past six, six o'clock in my house. Well, um, my my family Christmas doesn't really involve waiting. It's more I eating. It's just eating, <laughs> eating. Oh, don't get me wrong. And eating, more eating plays a big part. I mean, it, it, when you're even when you're in between meals, like my my, I don't know what happens to my mum over Christmas, but it becomes her mission to make sure that people are either chewing food swallowing food or they have food in their hand that is making its way to their face i have to say i have to say I, only a couple of years ago i went back and did christmas with my family again like say with my wife and it was a little bit different because we're all a bit old now and we played board games it was lovely it was really good fun we played board games but my dad did something similar. monopoly no we played uh, the one about the trains across europe it was great uh my dad did something similar he was bringing out a, in a bit of a tapas styley relentless small plates of food that would just emerge and um, yeah I'd forgotten how much you could eat oh it was amazing there's I think there's definitely a Christmas switch that um, that gets that gets flipped over Christmas and you forget you forget how to be full 
you forget how, how what your limit is or you explore your limits rather <laughs> like i i eat and then i realize that i've i am i am now finished with eating i have a sufficient <laughs> amount of food to nourish my body when and I, then my mum says turkey more. sandwich <laughs> yeah. now that tends to happen that tends to happen for us on boxing day the 26th the day after uh, the, the, there is no food serving time as such you know the, the, the brood doesn't sit at the table it's just you know my mum notions at an empty at, at an open fridge and a buffet of spread on the large table that says get on with it and it's cold meats and stuff um, I have noticed a change in my eating behaviour since I was a child uh, as as children at Christmas we basically would point blank refuse to have uh, large portions of pudding Christmas pudding, Christmas cake and all that jazz because that would merely delay our time to go and have presents now as an adult and particularly because I don't I don't spend Christmas very often in England uh, Christmas pudding, brandy butter oh, yeah. rum cream yeah. oh yeah, yeah there's, there's, awesome. there's a definite uh, tradition of putting alcohol in everything yeah, yeah. I mean in butter for God's oh, sake. cream as well. Uh, yeah. Alcohol and butter and cream on an alcohol-soaked piece of dried Christmas fruit. pudding. <laughs> it's just extraordinary. Christmas pudding is so alcoholic, it is on fire. <laughs> it is. A, and Literally that, on fire. We do fire. that in my family too. We, we pour, we pour um, some medium-value rum and brandy over it, set fire to it, and then see if we can sing through the all the verses of While well, Shepherds Watch Their Flocks By Night. Ah, interesting point. Does anyone hide a coin inside their Christmas pudding? No, too many small mouths. No. Yeah. Do you not have the coin? I thought that was yeah. a Scottish tradition. My, well, no, that's, we just, don't, that's just in general. It's not a Christmas thing. We don't make the Christmas pudding now. We just buy it. And I think shops are not permitted to put coins into their pudding. That's obviously Do the you same have a Christmas yeah. haggis? <laughs> um, no, that's saved for Burns Night on the 29th of January. Oh, well, come to How that another time. That's another time, yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I think we should have we, one, one if last we, if qu- we get round to of six questions. o'clock, If we get to six o'clock in the evening, I'd say we are just sitting down in our house to start the presents underneath the tree. Like uh, my dad used to um, sit gradually, gradually lower himself onto the floor next to the tree and start to hand out the presents. And he would obviously read the tag out. He'd say... Turmeric, love from mummy and daddy, and everybody had to watch while each person opened every present. Was there applause? Uh, uh, well, if you hadn't received one for a while, everyone would go, "Hey!" Uh, yep, and obviously, you know, there's the the whole routine. You know, dad at some point would get socks, or some well-meaning but cheapskate relative would provide him with some aftershave that he was never, ever, ever going to use or want to smell like. Um, there was always, you know, little moments, particularly as well in my family, there was little sort of um, people would gang up to buy certain gifts or assist each other. So it was lots of squirreling about to get certain gifts for certain people. And there were certain ones that, if you can imagine, my dad's, you know, rustling around under the tree and he'll pick one up and somebody would go, not that one, not yet. And I go, oh, okay, put it down. Or, or the little secret furtive glance from my dad going, what, this one now? Yeah, yeah, put, bring that one up now, yeah. And then the other ones where someone would go, just let me get the camera. Uh, all those kind of routines. It's so all but, been planned by somebody so else. By, so then what would happen started when I went to university. We started a tradition in my family where um, the person in my family 
who was leaving home or had recently left home um, would then give out the, the presents. So the first year when I went to university, I came back home for Christmas, I gave out the presents under the tree. And this tradition carried on and on and on. I then spent several years going to Christmases in other people's houses, uh, witnessing other people's experiences. Uh, but nothing beats, nothing beats Christmas under the roof of your parents. Christmas at home, yeah, it's very, it's very important time for family. Family, family. Yeah. It's all it's about. What it's family. all about. It's what it's all about. I was going to spend Christmas uh, on my own. I at home, I have done that. I've never done it. I was going to do it this year, but then I decided to go home and spend it with my family instead because I can't cook. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not true. I that's not true. That's not actually that's true. Not, You're not, not true. Yeah. It's just I can't cook the quantities and quality of food that my mum can uh, provide over Christmas. Well, but we have, I mean, uh, dear listener. Ben and myself used to live together and we have um, managed to uh, provide a kind of pseudo urban family Christmas for ourselves in Zaragoza, basically sourcing all of the stuff we needed for a proper Christmas dinner. Alcohol. Uh, (laughs) What I do remember, interestingly, I do remember from that Christmas we spent together in the flat in Zaragoza uh, was christmas dinner took uh even longer to cook than i remembered it ever being done by any of our parents i'm sure and then was demolished at a speed i have never seen before in my life i think i think i timed it i think it took us seven hours to get from from beginning to food on plate and it was less than 20 minutes before every plate was clean Okay, we've reached the end of the show and it is time to find out the answers to the question i asked earlier how much did the world's most expensive cracker cost? Or crackers, sorry. It was a, a box of crackers. Your question is misleading, yes. Okay, never mind. Go for it. Tell us. Uh, you both said B, £1 million. The answer was, in fact, C, a no shocking way. £4 million. No. That, that is... That can't be right. If that's the crackers, what, what did they have under the tree? Empty boxes. There's nothing left. Let me tell you a little bit about the crackers. Uh, they contained an Aston Martin, a yacht. Are you talking real or, or die-cast models? These are the keys to an actual Aston Martin, an actual yacht. You couldn't fit a Carfield cracker on the dinner table. Uh, there was also a very bling gold watch, a limited edition Faber-Castell pen, and lots of other luxury items um, that make our paper crowns look a little bit dull. Uh, can you imagine? Can you imagine if the crackers involved a yacht or an Aston Martin and you got a pen? I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking more like a, a magnifying glass or something. Yeah. You know, encrusted with diamonds or like, something. Oh, <laughs> he got an Aston Martin. Where's mine? Well, again, I was going to say in comparison, I don't know what you guys do in your families, but a big tradition in my family was um, swapsies. Swapsies on the on the surprise in the in the crackers. If you if you every year wanted that little kind of bottle opener or set of screwdrivers and you kept getting the the, the little silly magic rings, we could swap over with people. Imagine swapping a pen for an Aston Martin. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? I don't know how that trade would work. Um, one thing that I will say, a tradition in Spain that I do really enjoy. Uh, which is, I think, it, it has reflections of, of the Christmas pudding in England and of the crackers is uh, roscon. Um, 
yeah. with the some some people have have a a, a coin or and a broad, toy inside. and the broad bean and the bean the bean is fantastic because I've you never suffered that and that would make ah. me ill I hate broad beans but it's you know good, you know what it represents it's hard it's I, I dried I, I I don't care <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to eat it you don't eat the bean well you might do by accident but can if I, you get the I bean I you have you have to you have to buy the Ruscon next year. That is the. Oh, I I heard you had to pay for that year's Roscon. Maybe it's that I don't. People tell me yeah, lots I of things. Yeah, I think it's the it's the one from that from this year. Yeah. Like I current tend year. not to remember because I don't really listen. But <laughs> it's cake. That's I can say it's cake. cake. It is cake, and it's a great tradition. And and on that um, sweet field bombshell, uh, that Roscon is in fact cake. I think it's time to draw our first podcast to a close. We would like to say thank you very much for listening, especially if you've made it to the end. If you've made it to the end, uh, credit due to you. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank we will you encode much. a secret message uh, at the end, so if you have listened all the way through, <laughs> get in touch. You, n- you are now <laughs> fluent in English. Well done. We hope, it has, we hope it's been useful, uh, educational and enjoyable experience. And if it has... Then share us with your friends, uh, your family, and uh, strangers in the street. Make new friends just so you can share it some more. Yeah. Go to the library, uh, get a book out, write our name inside the book, take it back to the library. There are lots of different I, ways you can share this podcast. Okay. Uh, I, I, I really wouldn't um, back you up on writing in library books. Yeah, vandalism. Don't yeah, go as exactly. far as vandalism. Not as far as that. <laughs> Word of mouth is okay. That is, word of mouth would be excellent. Just whisper in some of your friends' ears. Uh, if you would like to uh, get in touch with us and uh, ask us to cover any particular topics or even come and chat with us in our delightful studio, please um, email us or get in touch via Twitter or Facebook. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas.